Hi, this is Jeremy. And Jasmine. And this is the Authentic Adventure Podcast. Where we share the peaks and valleys, the highs and lows of life. All through the lens of our marriage, our faith, and our family. So thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoy our time together. Hey friends, welcome to the podcast. This is episode two, and I have the distinct pleasure of interviewing my gorgeous wife, if I may say so myself, Jasmine Lopez. So Jasmine is an amazing mom, a phenomenal friend. A lot of people call her a pocket therapist because if you have any opportunity to sit with her for coffee, you will find tears in your eyes from the things that you will reveal and allow her to speak life into. She also is an amazing photographer, a phenomenal storyteller, and she is the founder of The Firehouse Dream, our new nonprofit venture here at our firehouse in Maywood, Illinois, where she is seeking to be able to connect people to their destinies and help them find their identities in Christ by teaching creative skill sets while being trauma-informed and financially literate. I said a lot about her because she is amazing. Jasmine, thank you so much for joining us today. Aw, that was like the best intro ever. Well, I believe every single thing about that. And also, I don't have it written down anywhere. That's all from the heart. <laughs> I know. I'm like, how did you just like roll that off of your tongue like that? Because, Jazzy, that's who you are. Oh, and some people call her Jazzy. Some people don't call her Jazzy. Jasmine, maybe you can enlighten the people. Do you like being called Jazzy? I don't mind being called Jazzy, but I do prefer that it's close friends who call me Jazzy versus maybe oh. some newer people. Who so call if me. you correct a person you're letting them know that they're not a close friend. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's just keep that between us. Okay, I love it. Well, Jasmine, similar to the way that we started off our last episode where you just got to know me in mm -hmm. deeper and more fun ways over the course of 45 minutes, I felt like it was too long. <laughs> We're going to try to keep it to 30 minutes. Let's try to, yeah. You know, I have a personal belief that podcasts should only be about 15 minutes. So... <laughs> We'll split hey, the difference between 15 and 45 and we'll get to 30. No, you can have 45 minutes if you if you require 45 minutes. No, it's okay. I'm I would a, love nothing more. than I'm a girl of few words. Okay, there we Straight go. Straight to the point. So Jasmine, tell us, who is Jasmine? Who is Jasmine? Who is Jasmine today? Who is, who is Jasmine today? Who was Jasmine growing up? I'd love to learn about little Jasmine. Yes. Before, Jasmine before the jazzy. Yes. So little Jasmine. So I was born and raised on the southwest side of Chicago with southwest a single mom. Side. Southwest side. Um, with a single mom and a brother. And, um, you know, my childhood was a little difficult. It was a little hard. Um, and I have just been, I think, as I've gotten older, just navigating and learning um, truths in my story. And I just, you know, I, I try to focus on some of the good things that did happen in my childhood, but my dad left before I was born and so never really had a father in my life. Mm. Um, but when I turned 16, I had like this crazy Jesus encounter where, um, now mind you, we grew up in church kind of similar to yours in a Pentecostal church setting. Um, and I don't think I really experienced like the full on like going to church every day. It was more like a Sunday thing for us. Um, but I did see like a lot of like 
of the supernatural, speaking in tongues, all of those things. And to me, it just seemed very like weird. People falling on the ground. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, I don't, I don't know what this is. I don't think we really had conversations around it. Yeah. It was just more of like, you just have to live your life for Jesus. So right. as a little kid, like I definitely had experiences with Jesus, but in the teenage years, um, my mom got a new job, moved us out to the suburbs, so we we're no longer participating or going to any sort of church setting. So teenage years just kind of just felt harder for me. I didn't feel a sense of belonging, really didn't have um, solid friendships. I was just trying to trudge through life. I was like, I need to just hurry up and get out of this high school experience so that I can finally make life my own and take it by my own doing. Um, but God had another plan for me. And so when I was 16, I got reunited with an old friend from that old church, which is so funny because she is the one that got us introduced. She is. Yes. It's her fault. <laughs> yes. It's totally Janita's fault. Okay. I'll get back to that part. But um, I go to this youth retreat all for the wrong reasons. Totally. For what a, were the wrong reasons, Jasmine? For a boy, and that boy was not mm. you. You weren't in my life yet. He was not me, and he could never be me. No, he could never be you. I'm just, he's, <laughs> he's, he's a friend still. So. Uh, not really. But anyways, so I go to this youth retreat camp thing that I've never experienced anything like this. Everyone's super competitive over sports. I'm just having fun with everyone. And um, on this particular night, there was like a worship experience. And it was during this experience where I had like this encounter. Like, I don't even know how to describe it. Anything other than that. I feel, I felt like the lights like dimmed and it was literally just me and Jesus and I was sitting on the floor and like he came to me and I felt this perfect love that I had never felt before. I was so bitter and so angry mm. from throughout my childhood that I had never felt this kind of love before. And I began crying and the words he spoke to me was, I've missed you. Mm. And I just began to like weep. And he says to me, if you're going to follow me, you have to forgive your father. And all I could do was nod my head. Like I had no answer. I couldn't say yes. I just nodded my head and was just like, I, I don't ever want to not feel this love that I feel right now. And so that experience is what has shifted and changed the whole trajectory of my life. And um, maybe like three months later after that, I walked through a forgiveness journey with my dad. Um, my dad and I reconciled. And ever since then, we have this amazing relationship now. I mean, that took a long time in, you know, building trust and establishing a relationship. But the forgiveness process was one of the hardest but yet beautifulest things that I have ever had to do of like releasing hatred and bitterness to the level that I had. Um, and I don't think I realized how much hatred and bitterness I had at that time. But now looking back, I was just such an angry child, so angry at him for what he had done. And so now to like think of him today at 35, I have no feelings of hatred hmm. or anger towards him. I see a man who loves me. I see um, a man who was broken and who made some hard choices, some poor choices, um, and who was so deeply sorry and so like repentive like he re he apologizes all the time still even today and um and so we've just had these really sweet moments together so it's been a beautiful experience to see how god could uh restore our relationship yeah you guys have such a beautiful relationship it he calls you miha yes he does. which i think is the coolest thing on which the i used to hate 
Like really? as a kid, I, I hated that. it. Yes, I hated it. I'm like, don't call me Mia. <laughs> but now I'm just like, it's such a term of endearment. It really is. I mean, he loves you so dearly and and just honors you in such amazing way. He has been such a huge cheerleader of every decision that you've made in your life, even when the decisions haven't made a ton of sense. And you've yes. been kind of like chasing after these dreams, like where any other parent would be like, uh, I don't think you should do that. He has just been such a champion he has. of you. And I've loved seeing it. And I've loved seeing the way that he loves our girls. Yes, he really does love our girls. So it's really beautiful to be able to be a witness to that for you guys. Mm, thank you. So let's see. So that that was Jasmine, little girl. And so Jasmine today, like, sees the value and the importance of my story and how God has used what was intended to be bad for his good. And so I have a huge passion for helping others to recognize that their story matters and that it's through sharing our stories where we can experience healing, um, truth, community, togetherness, and so much more. And so I... I'm a huge storyteller. I feel like that's my passion. And what I'm supposed to do in life is to um, not only just tell the stories of others, but draw out stories, which is why I think, like I laughed when you talked about the pocket therapist thing, because that is such a real thing. Like every time I go for coffee, my friends cry. Um, and at first I was like, why is this happening? And the Lord has just confirmed in me that this is just a gift that he's allowed for me to have, where those that I sit with coffee is an experience for them to feel the Father's love in a way that they've never experienced before. And that is so amazing because I'm now connecting the dots in the experience that I had with God in such a real present way that when I'm able to sit with people and learn about their stories, that they can feel the very uh, presence, the heart of God in a way that they haven't before. And so and pulling out their like God-given identity, like who is it that God made them to be? And I'm able to somehow see like how distortion of identity or lies of identity have come into their stories. And so I've been able to speak truth into their stories or into their identities. And I think that is what helps um, a sense of connection when we talk. So tell me a little bit about how that was first birthed through photography for you. Yes. So I fell in love with photography in high school. All around the, this is all around the same time, and I had this photography teacher, Mr. Bolin, that was just so amazing. It, this was my outlet, and so it was senior year, and I was kind of just wrestling with like choosing what I wanted to do with the rest of my life, right? Like that pressure of senior life. What, what's next for me? And um, it had just always been communicated to me that I should pursue like. Uh, becoming a lawyer or a doctor. And so that was kind of where I was going to go into pre-med. And one day I was uh, checking, it was 35 millimeter film at the time. And I had made uh, my like contact sheet of uh, a film that had just finished uh, developing. And I remember encountering him looking, watching me look at my contact sheet to see what pictures out of the film that I wanted to next develop. And he asked me, how how did it turn out? And I was like, uh, it was just kind of blah. He's like, oh, really? He's like, that's not what I think. I think your work is really amazing. And it was that one encouragement that for me was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to do photography. This is what I want to do. And so that's what I chose to pursue. And just began to grow my skill set in it. Went to Columbia for a few semesters. Ended up 
changing majors and everything was kind of almost done with photography for a season and then um, just really felt the desire to get back into it. And so I started freelancing and doing all these different jobs. I worked with Bella Baby doing some um, infant photography. And then about three or four years into doing that, after having our first daughter, Dakota, I felt like God um, was like, okay, it's time for you to go on your own, to start your own thing. So in 2011, I went full time on my own. And that was the scariest thing ever. We were pregnant with Savannah. Mm -hmm as well, right? Yeah. yeah, we were pregnant with Savannah. And I remember just going through this like a depression where I was like second guessing myself. My identity at that time was so broken and so unsure of who I was that I thought, I thought that God was going to like magically bring me all these clients and things are going to go great. I didn't realize how broken my identity was that I didn't see like worth and value in myself and how to charge or even grow and build a business. There were so many broken pieces that I didn't know how to run a, like a business in itself. Um, and so I read this book called Start Something That Matters and it really helped me to identify my why. And that's the book by Blake, the founder of Tom. Yes, right? yeah. yes, yes, yes. And, um, you know, he really talks about, like, identifying your why and, and how to create a, like, a culture that's surrounded around that. And for me, what I figured out was that I had all these clients that I loved photographing, but I didn't know anything about their stories. And so I wondered, what would it look like to photograph stories and share stories on a blog that um, showcase topics that maybe we don't necessarily know of or that are taboo topics that we don't talk about. And so I started just photographing, you know, within my network on Facebook at this time saying, hey, I'm looking for inspiring stories to share. Like if you're interested, fill out this application and let's set something up. Um, and before I knew it, it grew into this amazing thing where we would set up campaigns, monthly campaigns. And we've done all kinds of stories like a weight loss journey where we gather like five women together who lost like a significant amount of weight and they shared their story with us. I had a, a hairstylist and a makeup artist come through and um, we did this fun uh, photo shoot together. And then it was like, okay, what could we do next? Let's do um, an alopecia campaign. I had never heard of alopecia before this. And a story came through of a little girl named Destiny. And uh, it was through photographing her story where I learned about this autoimmune condition. And then that inspired me uh, to want to dig a little bit deeper and share a little bit more of these kinds of stories. And so we did another campaign where we gathered, I think, seven different women with alopecia of all ages and ethnicities who very, for the very first time had found community um, and a sense of togetherness in a way that they have never experienced before. So much so that there was one woman who had never revealed her bald head, that she was so inspired by the end of the shoot that she took off her wig and wow. was bald with everyone else. And it was just like, it's like, yes, this is it. This is what storytelling is. It's creating opportunities for those who might not look like each other who might live in completely different parts of the world um, where they can come together and share pieces of their story and recognize that there is something there that brings them together. There's some sort of unity in that. Yeah. And what is it that you called that, um, 
not that campaign, but what is it that you called that whole thing? Yes. So the give back that I created was called Click for Hope. Right. Um, and it was through Click for Hope where we would host and photograph all these stories. And so another, a few other really large campaigns that we did, um, that we've done over the last few years, um, was Breaking the Silence for Sexual Assault Awareness Month, where we had, I think it was like 19 people come through to share their stories, of which one included a guy, which was amazing. Um, another campaign that we did was for Breast Cancer Awareness Month. My friend Melissa, who was diagnosed with breast cancer, um, wanted to partner together because uh, she had started a inspirational t-shirt brand um, for the younger generation of those who were being diagnosed. And so together we were able to photograph and share, I think, four or five different women's stories. And then our latest campaign that we just did last year, which was our largest one ever, was for Hispanic Heritage Month and where I photographed and shared... <laughs> I want to say it was like 23 or 26 yeah. women's stories um, talking about what it's like to be Latina and that feeling of never being enough. And so, yes, this is like my passion, my heart, and what I love to do. So anybody who spends three minutes on your Instagram or on your website is going to see posts on a wide, like just a broad spectrum of topics and things, um, like you've mentioned, all the way from alopecia awareness to um, breast cancer awareness. What is it that is the driving force behind your heart for all of these different um, injustices or, 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 or things that just matter worldwide mm. for you? Yeah. Um. Like, why do I do this? Like, what's the driving force behind that all? Yeah, I mean, I just want, I want everyone to know that whatever we are going through, we're not alone in it. Mm. And so whatever it is that this season of life has brought us, there is someone out there who can understand and relate. And I think the enemy does so much that he can to distort the truth in us and to isolate us from believing that truth that we aren't alone. And so I would say that's like my driving force and why I do what I do. I want people to know that they are not alone, that they are deeply loved by our Heavenly Father and that He has purpose for them and that He can use whatever it is that they are going through for His good. Um, and, and that sounds like kind of like fluffy unicornish to a point because it's like really like how can you use abandonment for your good God how can you use sexual abuse for your good um I think it's a process to get there but once we allow ourselves to begin a healing process and a journey of what that looks like to discover truth um and to uncover all those pieces and allow him to come in to heal us heal us it's when he can begin to connect the dots and help us to see that what we've gone through and what we've experienced can be the very thing that leads us or propels us into who he's called and created us to be and that in an essence is how he uses our experiences and the things that we've gone through for his good I love that, Jasmine. And I love your heart just towards people. Like if, the, if there's one thing that has been evident in your life, it's that you want people to recognize their identity in Jesus. Like yes. that's so clear for you that you have T-shirts with 
identifying words on them for people to be able to embrace all of who they are um, and to be able to embrace causes and movements that are important to them. And so I, a, a lot of people um, who do follow you and who may not be aware know that um, recently you have um, developed a huge passion for where we live here in Maywood. Yes. Um, and so that passion has led us to buy a 1904 firehouse. <laughs> I think definitely one of our biggest, craziest things ever. Absolutely. And so we live in this firehouse. This is where we're recording this episode mm -hmm. right now. And so um, I would love for you to be able to just uh, share this next kind of, what's this next journey um, that God has called you to with the firehouse dream? Just tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, I think it's important to kind of highlight the fact that as a storyteller and a photographer, I've always dreamed of going global. Um, ever since I was 17, I went on my first uh, trip out to Israel um, where we kind of got to do this, like kind of like a, a week in G like of Jesus and going to all these different significant locations and where uh, Jesus walked. And it was this really beautiful transformational experience for me. And so I'm like, man, I'm called to the world, to the nations. Um, and all these years later, like I've had the opportunity to go to um, El Salvador almost a handful of times. And I've longed to go to Africa and all of, and a bunch of other locations internationally. And I have felt like God was like, no, I want you to focus on local. I want you to focus on where I have you planted. And so two years ago, God moved us here to Maywood. And, um, and to be completely raw and honest, I wasn't sure why he did that. I was like, why can't we just live like in the West Loop, like all our right. other friends? Why do we have to live in Maywood? Um, very much so from like a victim mentality of like, really? As opposed to like, wow, God, let's celebrate the fact that you allowed us to buy a house, right? Totally. Um, and so he just started to like undo a lot of like this, again, lies in my identity. I really feel like it's been like almost a year and a half now where God has been really kind of breaking apart all of the lies in myself that I've believed to be true, where he's like, no, I, I want you to challenge that mindset. I want you to think about, is that really truth or is that a lie? And so he had me, um, we went on a visions trip back in 2017 with Soul City um, on a vision trip uh, with a nonprofit called Enlace. And it was through their non-for-profit where they partner with the local church and they help them to recognize that they themselves can be the hands and feet of Jesus. Right. And it was their passion the community's passion, the small, the local church passion of like knowing the needs of their own people that made me realize, well, what are the needs of my own people? What does my community need and how can I help and contribute to what's going on in our in our community? And so I came back home from that trip, like completely wrecked. It was like all that I could talk about. I think people were like, really, that's all you got from the trip? And, <laughs> and I'm like, but you're, you're not understanding. Like there's something here and God is trying to tell me something. And so in prayer and partnering with him, he was just like, look around. And I did. I looked around and I was, he's like, what do you see? I was like, I see abandoned homes. I see blue tarps everywhere on roofs. I see boarded up windows. And I was like, but God, my skill set is not in construction. That's not something that I can do. I was like, but what I can do is photography. I can teach a creative skill set. What could that look like? And so he walked me through this journey of kind of just looking into like the history of the youth. And that's when I discovered our dropout rate is 39%. Um, 
80% of the kids are on free lunch. There's just like a lack of vision, hopelessness, a lot of poverty in our community. And so I just began my, to see myself, my parts of my story in some of these kids' lives of being raised in a single family home that's low income, that doesn't ha necessarily have all the resources uh, to try different things or activities. And so I began to dream with God. Well, what could it look like if I partner with all my creative boss friends? Because I have so many who do completely different things from like macrame to hand lettering to photography graphic film music production yeah. music like podcasting like what could it look like if we gathered uh these awesome creative boss friends together with these young adults and teach them a skill set something that they're interested in along with financial literacy so like budgeting and i think when we first started our business i didn't we didn't recognize how much there was a lack of financial literacy like how do we value and charge how what's the roi what um and because of like our perceptions and i shouldn't say our like i won't speak on your behalf but for me like because of my perception of money and my issues with money i didn't know how to value or ask for what i needed to charge and and so uh, that's why I think financial literacy is so important, like understanding how to budget, how to charge, all of those things, while also being trauma-informed. So understanding that our experiences in life influence the way that we see and perceive the world yeah. and how we view and perceive money as well. And so that's kind of the vision of what became the firehouse dream. And that very night, after I discovered all of these things about our, our education system, I felt like God told me, go on the MLS. So I go on the MLS, and the firehouse pops up. And I'm like, no way, because we joked around about, as teenagers, saying yeah. how cool would it be would to, live love to live in a, <laughs> in a firehouse. Oh, my gosh. I didn't even remember that memory until I think we actually moved into the firehouse. I can't remember when, but when I saw the firehouse immediately because of my issues around money, I didn't think we could get it. And so I kind of brushed it off. But all that to say, we are now living in the firehouse. God did this crazy, to make a very long story short, he allowed for us to sell our house, to take the profits from that and be able to purchase the firehouse. And so now we're in the process of waiting for the approval of our 501c3. Um, and I am just so excited to see what God is going to do through the project. Uh, we need to renovate and get the space up to code. Um, but until then, my heart is just to start small. Uh, start simple and continue to get plugged in and connected into the community in which I've been doing for the last several months. I love it. I can't wait to hear the stories of the young adults and the teens who come into this place and get to find their identity and get to find like opportunity and hope. Um, and I love your, I love your perspective towards what you want to do here because you are not approaching this from a savior complex. No. You're not approaching this from a perspective of, I'm going to come in here and save Maywood. And I think you, you mentioned this, but a huge piece of that comes from the example that Enlace has set mm -hmm. in El Salvador of saying, listen, the people of El Salvador can lift themselves up we need to just come alongside them and remind them that they can. Yes. And so I love that your opinion, that your mentality um, behind what we're going to do here in Maywood and what we're already doing here in Maywood is not here we come in to save Maywood. Like Maywood, you've got it all wrong. Let's come mm -hmm. in and tell you how to do it right. But instead to say, no, you're equipped, you're able, like you can 
we believe in you and we're going to come alongside you and partner with you. I love your vision for being able to, um, you've said this multiple times, being able to see the young adults who come through this program be the ones who do the photography and the graphic design for the small businesses in our little downtown area, like to be able for them to be able to be the ones who lean on it and, and it becomes like an ecosystem of growth and opportunity from within and yes. and we get to say we're just coming alongside we're just believing that you can do it so i love that you were um the catalyst for just the whole firehouse dream and i'm excited to see it come into fruition yeah so i thought it'd be really cool to end our time together by just hearing some unique things from you so we've gotten to hear a lot of your heart a lot of mm-hmm. the seriousness of who makes um, up Jasmine Melissa Lopez. You didn't share your middle name in the intro. Yes, so my middle name is Melissa. Jasmine Melissa Lopez. So Jasmine, Jazzy, if I may, um, what, what's some unique fun things that people may not know about you that you'd love to just share and close our time together? Oh, gosh. You're going to totally put me on the spot here because I wrestle with not being like funny like that jeremy everyone knows jeremy to be like this amazing funny guy serious no he's so funny um and so learning my place in that definitely has had a challenge but it's been fun um so just like some random fun things about me i love it i would say okay so i got my nose pierced on the streets of israel yep for 10 shekels 10 shekels 10 shekels do you know what that is american yeah at the time it equated to two dollars and fifty cents two bucks fifty cents was it sanitary um i don't know i cannot speak (laughs) into that your nose is doing fine (laughs) so i'm gonna guess (laughs) all these years later i remember sitting on the airplane ride home like just like flaring my nostrils because of how much it hurt (laughs) for the 12-hour ride back to america (laughs) um let's see i love all things like creative like i love making things i love um like macrame and um, painting, like that's a part of my childhood that I just love doing. Um, I love playing the guitar. I haven't played in a really long time, but Jeremy gifted me with a beautiful guitar for Christmas, and it's been so much fun getting to play and, and worship. What kind of guitar is it? It's a baby Taylor. It's a Taylor. So Taylor guitars. If you're listening, <laughs> we would love an endorsement. If you if you're just feeling generous, yes, <laughs> we'll take it. Let's see what else. And I just love when I can act silly, like with the girls. So the other day we had this random fashion party on our pool table, and everyone got on the pool table and striked a pose. And then Jeremy was like, "Jasmine, now it's your turn." And so I was able to stand on the pool table and strike my own moves yeah. and just have fun with it. So when I can act silly, I totally will. You are a, you know you are a silly person. That's not something that a ton of people get to see because mm-hmm. you're reserved about it. Yeah. But when you are silly, it is just the best. It's you're, you're, unexpected. It is unexpected. <laughs> you're very you're very funny too. And so you don't have to live in any shadows. You are a funny, No shadows. Yes. You're a funny, fun individual. And I have loved being able to share you with people mm. and being able to share your story with people. So thanks so much for that. So if you are loving what you're listening to, uh, we said that we were going to try to make episode two's uh, outro a little bit better than episode one, but I don't feel like we're there yet. So subscribe, um, smash that like button. (laughs) I just, I love when people say smash that like button or smash (laughs) that subscribe button. 
don't do that. You can just like lightly click it. I think it'll function the same. Oh, and way. we need reviews. That's another thing. So please leave some love. Give us five stars. Yeah, if you hated it, don't leave a review. <laughs> That's just mean. I don't think you need to do that. But if you loved it, by all means, or if you got through the first two minutes and you think you're going to love it, then leave a smash a good review too. Smash. <laughs> Every kind of thing that you can leave online is just going to be a smash. So smash that like button, smash that subscribe button, smash that review button, and uh, join us for episode three, which uh, we don't know what it's going to be yet, but I promise it's going to be fun. Bye, friends. <laughs>